Welcome to my world. I'm Ash, your host of The Highly Sensitive Astrologer. Come and sit with me while we explore the power of sensitivity through the language of the universe. Together, we'll explore astrology, herbalism, intuition, and most importantly, becoming empowered as sensitive souls. The first place. The first place is where we begin. It is where we began and where we begin again and again. Every day that we wake up on this earth, we wake up in the first place, which is the body. That's a little bit from the chapter on the first house or the first place in my book, Containers of Our Lives, which is an ebook you can find over on my website at ashgravity.com. I also did a one hour Instagram live video over on Instagram. You can watch that. I posted it about a month and a half ago. It's a live that I did with Craven Joy on Instagram. I'm Ash Gravity on Instagram. And she and I worked on a conversation about the first house, what we can understand about the first house. And she actually put together a wonderful tarot or oracle deck spread that you could try out. The reason that I'm talking about the first house at the onset of this episode is that we're talking about the ruler of the hour marker in this episode, which is basically a fancy Hellenistic way of saying, for all intents and purposes on this episode, the ruler of the ascendant, which is probably the word that you're more familiar with. So you've probably heard of, in astrology, the concept of like your sun, your moon, your rising. Sometimes people call it the big three. Most of us, when we first learn about astrology, we know our sun sign. The next thing that we might learn would be our moon sign, because that one's pretty easy to figure out. If you just Google the day you were born, moon sign, it'll come up. And for the most part, that'll be what your moon sign is. Then... Once we get the birth time, you know, once we text mom, text whoever, try to get a copy of a birth certificate, if you're lucky and privileged enough to have access to it, we go and we try to find the birth time. When we find the birth time, that is when we are going to find the ascendant in your chart, your rising sign, or the hour marker. Where was the ascendant as it was moving around the chart, what was the hour that it was marking? What was the time of day? And the time is, it's so important to have an accurate or as accurate as possible birth time for a chart because the ascendant or the ruler of, or the mark, the, because it determines the ruler of your ascendant. It determines the first sign in your chart, what will be the location where the chart begins, what is the time that this chart is beginning, that is the ascendant, what is the sign that was coming up over the horizon at the time you were born. This can change 
every couple hours. So if you were born six minutes apart from someone else, you could have completely different charts because the rising sign, the sign that's the ascendant, the rising sign in the chart, that is the location that sets everything else up. You have to understand that in an astrology chart, it's calculation, it's math. And so we need to have a starting point, we need to have a number that we're starting with. So that is basically what your ascendant is. So I mentioned those resources right at the beginning, because if you are just getting it started, you are like, I don't even know what the first house is, you might want to check out some of those other resources. But let's say that you already have a pretty good understanding of, okay, I know my rising sign, I know what my first house is. Then one of the most foundational concepts, which we've kind of started talking a little bit about in a couple of the previous episodes, is one we're going to talk about today, which is the ruler of the hour marker. And this is setting us up for another episode where we're going to talk about planetary timing mechanisms. And this is part of planetary timing mechanisms. It's actually a little bit more of an advanced concept, but in terms of how understanding the ruler of the hour marker can help you understand your chart, this is really important to know. And I kind of introduced you a little bit to this idea on my last episode on the sixth house. So when we're talking about the ruler of the hour marker, we're talking about the planet that is ruling the sign that is on your first house. And so in real basic terms, we're looking at what's the sign that rules over your rising? What's your rising sign? So let's say you're a Scorpio rising. Each of the 12 signs of the zodiac also has a planet a traditional planet, visible planet that will rule over that sign. And I talked about this on my last episode on the sixth house, I'm going to go through it again on this episode. But you want to look at first, what is the planet that is my rising sign. So in this example, we're talking about Scorpio rising. So then we would look to what are the planets that rule over Scorpio. So in traditional astrology, Hellenistic astrology, we're just looking at the traditional planets. And Mars would be the traditional ruler of Scorpio. Now, you also might have heard that Pluto is a ruler of Scorpio. And that would be in a modern astrology context. So I've talked about on previous episodes that medical astrology, which is a lot of what we're talking about when we're talking about um, astroherbalism, medical astrology, the hermetic tradition, um, these were very ancient fields of study. And now our astrological system, we've had lots of changes to it. We've had additions, we've had new discoveries, there's planets that we know about that they never knew about because they weren't visible. So it's not that all of the stuff in modern astrology is wrong or incorrect. It's just that 
when we're learning astrology, I think it's really useful to go back to like the very foundational beginning and then start to add stuff in as we understand the context of it more. Okay, so if you're a Scorpio rising, you would definitely, definitely want to look to where Mars is at in your chart. So there's another reason why I kind of prefer to use the traditional planets over the modern planets when I'm looking at a chart from this concept of the ruler of the hour marker is that Pluto can stay in the same sign for a really long time, like up to 45 years. And so then you're looking at this huge span of time with people who were born with Scorpio risings, and they are all going to have Pluto in the same sign. They're all going to have Pluto in the same place. Yes, it will be configured in different ways in their chart. They're going to have it in different houses, of course, but... Mars moves all the time. <laughs> I mean, in comparison to Pluto, which is not moving all of the time, Mars is moving through signs with more frequency. And so there's going to be more significant difference uh, for all Scorpio risings in relationship to their Mars placements. So yes, you could look at Pluto, but also Mars. So when I say look at it, what does that mean? So what I'm saying is, if you are a Scorpio rising, you want to really know what your Mars placement is. In some ways, this placement can be so significant in somebody's chart that it really is indicative of what they will experience and be focused on during that during their whole life. So, you know, you could be a um, Virgo sun. And you could absolutely embody the characteristics of a Virgo sun. But let's say that your Virgo sun isn't, is in like the 12th house, you know, let's say that it's in a place where, yes, behind the scenes, you are very much a Virgo, and you are very much a Virgo in like your personality and all of that. But you also, in your life, what you do, what you're focused on, has more to do with your ascendant. So let's say that you're a Libra rising. If you ever go in the 12th house, you would be a Libra rising. So Libra is the sign that is ruling over your first house, which is where we find the ascendant or the hour marker. So then we want to look to what is the planet that rules Libra? Well, Venus. Venus rules Libra. So where is Venus on this person's chart? Let's say that Venus is in the second house and this person works with money. They work with finances. That's what their job is. Um, that's just one example. But that's what we're looking at when we're looking at the ruler of the hour marker or the ruler of the ascendant. When you're looking at this planet in your chart, it could be in any of the 12 houses, it could be in any of the 12 signs, but that planet, you're going to have a really special relationship with it in your life. So the concepts of or the activities that are involved in the house where this planet lives, they will be significant in your life. And it might be that 
your the ruler of your ascendant is in your first house and the house of self and the house of your physical body. And you could be very focused on your own activities, what you want to accomplish. You could have a really strong relationship to yourself. You could be a prominent person um, in some way. You could also have this planet, the ruler of the sign that is on your ascendant, your rising signs ruling planet. You could have it in the sixth house, like we talked about last time. And you might work in the medical field. You might be a healer. You might be really into fitness or nutrition or medicine or something like that. So that's one of the first places that I look. Whenever I'm looking at somebody's chart, I'm always looking at where is the planet that is ruling their ascendant. And that'll usually be really, really indicative of what somebody will be focused on in their lifetime. So like I said, this is kind of setting us up for another concept that has to do with planetary timing mechanisms on next week's episode. So if you're interested in learning more about how you can apply this concept in like real time, as things are happening out in the world right now, check out that episode. But now I'm going to relate it back to more about what we talked about last week with the sixth house. So I mentioned that the first house has to do with your physical body. And I go way more in depth than this on the IGTV video that um, we did on on the first house. But there's many ways that you can look at the first house. But one of the ways that would be most relevant for astroherbalism or for some of the other things that we've been talking about would be the first house. Because there's kind of two main ways I'm going to say there's basically two pretty distinct ways of looking at your chart. And there's many, many variations on this. But one would be to look at your chart and say, okay, this whole chart is you, this is you and different aspects of yourself and who you are in different spaces and how you interact with the world in different parts of your life, different containers of your life. And then there's another way of looking at your chart would be that the first house is you. And then all of the other houses, second through 12, they speak more to things that are outside of you. So that's also part of this, like looking at where the planet that's ruling over your ascendant comes in, because it's like you are going to that place, you are a part of that place. And so that's part of why that house can be so significant. Also, though, I'm sure you can imagine, I talked about the sixth house and that it has to do with health and how you live your day to day life and the relationship between those two things. But if the first house is your body, then that's also probably pretty important to understand for your health. And um, it's really true. 
So transits that go over your ascendant or move through your first house, they tend to have an impact actually on your physical body. Um, they can impact your energy levels. They can impact like how attractive you feel. Um, I personally have Venus that just moved into cancer today and I'm a cancer rising and I already feel kind of a weight lifted off of me because I've been having lots of kind of just body image issues that have been coming up while Venus has been moving through Gemini and um, moving through my 12th house, which is like kind of, I can't see myself. I can't feel like I don't feel good in how I look. I feel like I can't express my style and stuff like that. But also I went through a period of time where I was getting rid of clothes, getting rid of styles. I kind of just decided, oh, I'm not going to dress this way anymore. I'm going to dress this other way to feel more comfortable. And just like, honestly, kind of accepting that it's been a year and a half now that I basically haven't gone out into the world. And so I have gotten a lot more comfortable just sitting around in like my pajamas every day. And maybe that's okay. And I don't need to judge it. That's kind of a tangent, but um, I'm super feeling that right now. Anyway, um, I know that this concept can be a little complex for people to understand. But uh, I did want to talk about it because the sixth house isn't the only place that you would look to to understand like how you could increase your vitality. The first house would also have a relationship to your physical body and your physical vitality. And in addition to the first house, that planet that's ruling over the ascendant and where it lives that can also give you clues to things that might have to do with your body and the way that you look and the way that your body works and the way that your body, like the things that your body focuses on. And then if you wanted to take it one step further beyond that, you could look at what planets you have in your first house and look to the signs in your chart that those planets rule. And then that would bring a new additional layers to your understanding of the first house and the sixth house. So like I talked about with the sixth house, it's the same kind of concept where there's planets that are moving in the sky. They are transiting over different signs. They're moving through different signs. So the sun, it moves through each of the 12 signs over the course of a year. It stays in each sign for roughly 30 days. This is all kind of projected and um, idealized, of course. Um, but we're, we're just kind of using this broad view of understanding the solar system, understanding the movements of the cosmos. Every year, you have the sun move through your first house. You have the sun move over your ascendant. So this is also really interesting because the sun is a planet that is about power and vitality. So that means every year during the time when the sun is moving through your first house, you have an opportunity to focus on building your vitality. 
So that might be that you are trying to be with the sun. You're trying to soak up the sun and wearing sunscreen, of course, after 15 minutes. Um, but you can really be like with the sun if you're lucky enough to have access to being out and laying in the sun and you're not, um, you know, a Capricorn rising and you're living in Iowa and the sun is not accessible to you. Um, so there's other ways that you could work to build your physical vitality in relationship to the sun's transit through your first house. And one of those ways would be working with like solar herbs, herbs that really embody the sun. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you about my monthly astro herbal subscriptions. You wouldn't head into a rainstorm without an umbrella. But what about changing astro weather? Equip yourself for the seasonal transits with a monthly essence or herbal subscription. Each month, you'll receive a specially selected flower or gem essence for the sun sign season ahead, an herbal tea blend, an exclusive solar season horoscope available only to subscribers, and access to a seasonal meditation journey to meet your essence guide. So one of my personal favorite sun herbs that's easy to grow and fairly readily available would be rosemary. Um, and so this is where we get into how can we use astroherbalism not necessarily in treating our physical body through herbalism, or maybe we are a practiced herbalist and we are using those techniques, but let's say we're just getting started and how would you use that information that, okay, it's my rising sign season, the sun is moving through my first house, it's an opportunity for me to increase my vitality, but the sun is out is not out in a way where I can go and sit outside and really kind of like have a relationship with it. What would be some other ways? So herbs would be one. Rosemary, like I said, one of my favorites. Um, and you could create an altar to the sun during that time of the year. You could set up uh, a space in your house where you maybe burn rosemary or you have a rosemary candle or incense of some kind that you burn to honor the sun. Maybe you do it every week on Sunday over the month that the moon is moving through or the sun is moving through your first house. You could also do it when um, the moon was moving through your first house if you wanted to, but the moon is more of a planet that is about the nurturing kind of presence. So if you're coming at it and asking to nurture your vitality, you could do it for the usually two and a half days that the uh, that the moon is in Leo each month. So these are a, a couple ways that you could bring in magic and herbalism, plants, into building relationships with planets as well, and using it to increase your overall physical vitality as you are just dipping your toe into the waters of learning more about astrology and herbalism and the connection between plants and planets. 
So I hope that you got some cool ideas to take away from this episode that you are excited to go look at your chart on a deeper level and use some of the concepts that I talked about in this uh, podcast. If you're interested in learning more about astrology from me, check out the learn with me page on my website, ashgravity.com. I have an ebook. I've got a few classes up there that are for people at varying stages of learning about astrology. I'm going to be going more into planetary timing mechanisms on my next episode. And eventually we're going to talk a little bit about like gardening with the moon and all of that kind of stuff too. So I hope you're enjoying this little journey through the connection between plants and planets. If you want a more personal connection, you can also look at my website at booking an astro herbal consultation, or I can help guide you into a ritual, a practice, a relationship that you can build with a plant um, through essences, through custom blends, teas, things like that. And I look forward to working with you in that way, increasing your overall connection to the universe and yourself through the magic of plants. And I can't wait to talk to you more about all of this next time. Thank you for being a part of my world and I so value you coming on this journey with me and exploring the power of sensitivity through the language of the universe. I hope that you will come along next time and check out the upcoming episodes for more details on everything I talk about in this podcast, everything I mention about my work as an astrologer and an herbalist. You can find out more information at ashgravity.com and I also invite you to come and follow me on Instagram where we go deeper and to our connections. Uh, as sensitive souls at Ash Gravity. 